You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul reminds us that because the biblical mana comes from heaven, it is a gift over which we have no control. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Then in chapter 16, we have a lengthy chapter. We don't need to go too much in detail because the message is very clear, where we meet the manna and the quails. Manna is referred to as the bread from heaven. Well, if you go to a Middle Eastern shop next time, make sure to buy Iraqi manna. It's very good. It's a dew in the morning, and thus it is sweet. It's like the date. It gives you enough calories to sustain yourself. It's delicious. And it is still called man in Arabic. That's how we refer to it. Most probably from the biblical Hebrew, the same thing as we use the word, the biblical Hebrew word to speak about these birds that are referred to as quails. Okay. So it may behoove you if you don't have enough energy or interest to go and live in the Middle East for a couple of years, just learn Arabic and watch Arabic YouTubes. Okay? And then you don't need to go to seminary where your mind is messed up. So in the text, we have two foods, if you like that are given as a gift to the people in the wilderness because neither of them comes out of the wilderness like the palm tree earlier. But the quails come from the sea. My family comes from Gaza and although I was never there, I heard so many times my father speaking about the quails that come to the beach of Gaza and so on. See, there you go. He knew that. But the main point is that they come from the sea. They fly and come from the sea. And the manna, obviously, is the morning dew, as we hear in verse 13. So, Hear the story once more, and I'm going to say this time and again. You have to hear it as your children hear your stories that you read to them before going to bed. Notice, you read to them. They do not read them. So the content comes to you through the ear. And you hear about these quails and about the manna. Notice, the manna in the Bible does not come from the Middle Eastern store in Minneapolis. 
it comes from heaven and you eat it and because it is a gift you have no control over it and here we have an interesting text that each one had to gather let me go to verse 16 according to the number of the persons whom each of you has in his tent and in 18 but when they measured it with an omer he that gathered much had nothing over and he that gathered little had no lack now how can you explain this to a civilization where doggy bag is an essential phrase when i grew up perhaps now in lebanon people take doggy bags but when i grew up in lebanon you eat as much as you can even in a restaurant after you have paid for it and then the rest you leave it there perhaps the owner is a devout muslim who would give it to the poor but you not take your doggy bag with you because the meal is served at table when i grew up and i'm sure you also 40 years ago you didn't have that great north american invention the drive through lane there is no drive through in the bible and you my orthodox hearer should know that in our tradition the priest after the last person in the congregation took communion has to consume which means to eat up completely the rest of the blessed bread and blessed wine the exception is when you have this strange tradition in the orthodox church with pre-sanctified liturgy where people just got enamored with more liturgies and during Lent they had one extra liturgy during the week and the priest would keep some bread for that part but technically speaking you have a meal and the meal ends you cannot go around and munch the rest of it let alone take it in a doggy bag that's it but that becomes important because in a few verses you have this reference to the sabbath where you shouldn't be worried about your stomach because on the sabbath there is no stomach there is only the two ears that you have to listen to the teaching of god and you have it right there in the text very early let's hear it and moses said to them let no man leave any of it till the morning but they did not listen to moses some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and became foul and moses was angry with them because they did not listen 
Then verse 21, morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. And then, this the verse that I like the most, on the sixth day, by order of the Most High through Moses, they gathered twice as much bread, which is not going to go sour, because the extra they need for Saturday. But they don't gather it on Saturday. And Moses, when the elders asked Moses why, he said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Very important wording. It's not a Sabbath where you relax and you watch football. No. Actually, in those times, there was no football. So how suddenly football becomes the liturgy of North America. And this came to mind because tomorrow we have a holy football day. But you keep it so that you won't worry about gathering and you give all your energy to listen to God. 25, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. Okay? And on this on the basis of this story, which is made up by the author, he introduces you to what we're going to hear again and again, up and into the New Testament, that the word of the Lord is the bread of life. Okay? Very important, and we have a iteration about this importance on the seventh day with verse 30, so the people rested on the first day, and then you have the house of Israel called it manna, and so on and so forth. Let's move ahead to 33, 34, 35. It's very interesting. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations as a reminder. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony, which is the tent of the to be kept. And the people of Israel ate the manna 40 years, meaning they were fed by God for 40 years. Now, if you jump to the book of Richard Benton, which we call commonly the book of Hosea, you will hear that the trouble is that the people wanted to follow Baal, who they think gave them the fig tree and the apple tree and the bread and everything. You see how much more powerful the text is when you, the hearer, 
know it slowly on more by heart because then you will be able to move from a book to another book that is dealing with the same matter. And the people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And then you have this interesting footnote <laughs> for the people who don't know. And Omer is the 10th part of an ephah. Now you can imagine the face of the student in my class say, but Father Paul, I don't know what an ephah is. It doesn't matter. Keep hearing until the text explains it to you. And here I have a footnote for you to realize the power of that verse found in Amos. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And the following verse say they will go left and right and they will not find it. Because the only place they could find it is the already written book of Amos. Fantastic. Two verses. They are in Amos 11 and 12. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.